Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this wonderful season of Advent. We pray that you would enlighten our understanding and guide us into all your truth as we meditate on your word and your ways. Come Holy Spirit and fill our hearts anew. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, by our singing and everything we've done so far, we know that we have entered into the season of Advent. And just looking very briefly at our readings this morning, uh, we note that Advent is a time of preparation, repentance, hope, and yes, waiting. Isaiah 40, which we just read, speaks about preparing the way of the Lord clearing a path through the wilderness, and in general, getting ready for the Lord's coming and for what he is about to do on their behalf. The reading in Mark chapter 1 describes the key role of John the Baptist in God's plan for the coming of Christ, his incarnation and his saving work on our behalf. John's message of preparation is in preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He is announcing the one who is so much greater than himself. He is also clearing the way of the Lord as described in Isaiah 40. But what I really want to focus on today is the theme of waiting on the Lord, which also coincides with the theme of Advent. I don't know about you, but how many of us enjoy waiting? <laughs> waiting in line, waiting for a phone call, an appointment, recovery from illness, or even waiting for God to answer our prayers or to help us in a difficult situation. Speaking for myself, I know I do not find waiting an easy thing. How about you? God's word does talk about the importance of waiting on the Lord, but also in what manner we should be waiting. How should we be waiting? What are some of the attitudes we should have as we wait on the Lord? I would like to look at just a few of the ways we should wait as described in the Psalms and in many other biblical texts. I'm also indebted to a little book of meditations on this subject by Andrew Murray called Waiting on God, a book I've returned to again and again over the years. So the first attitude or posture as we wait on the Lord is as the true place of all creatures, of all whom God has created. In speaking especially of animals and all that God has created, including man, Psalm 104 says, they all wait for you to give them their food in due season. You give it to them, they gather it up, you open your hand, they are satisfied with good. Have you ever watched birds or squirrels as they begin to search for food each morning? They are totally dependent for their survival on what they can find and what God supplies, and yet they don't seem to be that anxious. They just depend on their creator. It is God who is the giver of all things. He is the source of life. 
It is the attitude of the believer who understands and realizes their utter dependence on God and all things for his provision, his care, his love. We often forget that we also are created by God and dependent on him, even as animals are. As we study nature and see the trust of creatures for their creator's provision, this helps us to remember. And as Christ said, are we not of much more value to him than many sparrows? So waiting for God becomes something that is familiar to us rather than something foreign and undesirable. It puts us into a posture of humility rather than independence and pride. Second attitude, <clears throat> realizing God's love for his children and that he watches over and cares for his people and his church we should wait on him with both reverence and fear, with hopeful anticipation. Psalm 33 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope or who wait for his loving kindness to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. The more we yield and acknowledge and esteem God for his mercy, salvation, faithfulness, and love, the more that God will draw near to us. We know that he will respond to us in his perfect timing. First Peter 5, 6 and 7 says, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Third attitude in waiting on God Counting on God's love, faithfulness, and wisdom, we are often called to wait patiently when answers to our needs and prayers are not met as quickly as we would like. We may, and I should include myself especially here, discover our own impatience, fear, anxiety, and maybe even anger as we wait. At these moments, we realize our true dependence on God and our need to rely on and trust his sovereign will and wisdom. Our faith is tested at this time. We have a few guidelines from the Psalms as we wait in suspense. Psalm 37, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil doing. Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. This kind of patience honors God for it allows us to exercise our trust and faith in him as we yield ourselves to his will. It also reveals what is truly in our hearts and gives us time to purify those intentions that are not right. James 5, 7 and 8 gives us an analogy of, of a kind of patience, the farmer. Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient, strengthen your hearts, 
for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Fourth attitude, discovering God's goodness as we wait. There are a number of Bible verses that speak of this. One is Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. Psalm 31 verse 19. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you. How does this come about? Often we would think that as we wait for something from God, and the fact that we have to wait would seem to make us doubt God's goodness, humanly speaking. But the waiting also causes us to seek God more closely, to strain our spiritual ears, to listen to him, to calm ourselves and yield to his will. Often when we are in this position of humility and dependence, we sense in a deeper way God's presence with us, his love and concern, his assurance of his mercy again, even as we have seen it in the past. And when the answer finally comes, we are full of joy. We experience his goodness in a tangible way. But it also makes us yearn anew for the closeness we had with God while we were waiting. We begin to want to seek God, not just for the gift or the answer to our petitions, but to experience more of him and his infinite goodness. Listen to David as he waits in very difficult circumstances for God's deliverance. Hear his great need, but also his great trust in God's goodness. Why? Because he had experienced it many times before. Psalm 27, 13 and 14, he says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He's talking about life or death here. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. The fifth attitude in waiting on the Lord is as we wait on the Lord, we are called to wait in obedience and faithfulness in keeping his ways, as the psalmist writes in Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. God shows us what his way is as we read his word, pray, and seek to obey and put it into practice by the power of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. Psalm 37 speaks about the temptation we encounter sometimes when we watch those who have forsaken God's ways as they seem to prosper and be happy, while we often find ourselves in difficulty and suffering as we wait for God to rescue us. We are in danger of worrying, fretting, and then being tempted to follow their example. Listen again to these verses we read earlier in Psalm 37. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret 
it leads only to evildoing, for evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. There is a promise in doing what God asks of us, his favor and blessing. Of course, we realize as we wait that in our own strength and just by good intentions or willpower, we can never keep God's way. No, we are utterly weak. We know only too well our own shortcomings. So what should we do? We must surrender ourselves fully to God and let him empower us within by his Holy Spirit, letting his grace, his holy life flow through us. We must continually trust him to work in us as we yield to his grace and not our own self-will. We find ourselves doing those things that please God even as we wait. The sixth attitude is we wait on the Lord for more than we know. Psalm 39 verse seven says, and now Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. There may be times when we feel that we are not sure of what we're waiting for exactly. There may be other times when we think that we know what we're waiting for, but perhaps God wants to do much more or work in a different way than what we think. God is infinite in his wisdom, grace, and salvation. As we learn to rely on all this, this in him as we wait, we can be reassured that even though we are waiting for something, he is ready often to do above and beyond our limited expectations. And even if we are unsure of what exactly we are waiting for, we can leave all in his almighty love and care. Paul says it so well in his prayer in Ephesians 3.20, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. And so it's important that we adopt the habit of waiting on the Lord not only for what we think we need, but for all that his grace and power are ready to do for us. So in conclusion, we have just looked at six ways of waiting on the Lord in the last few minutes. First, as the true place of all God's creatures. Then in reverent fear and hope, as we realize his care for his people and his love for us patiently as we count on his faithfulness, wisdom, and promises to us, discovering more of God and his goodness as we wait, waiting as we keep his ways and remain his faithful servants, waiting on the Lord for more than we know. What will be the result of our waiting on the Lord? Waiting produces in us perseverance and the strengthening of our faith. Waiting also allows us to enter into the realization of God's timing and his will. As we walk with him and study his ways throughout the Bible, we understand that with God, his timing, his perfect timing is everything. Galatians 4.4 4 says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. 
a historic fact that has changed the course of history and our lives. Jesus was born at exactly the time that God wanted. This is what we celebrate during Advent, remembering also all those who waited so long for the coming of the Messiah, his promise, and his salvation. And at the end of the chapter that we read in Isaiah 40, we also have this encouraging promise. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. May the Lord renew our faith and reliance on him as we wait on him during this season of Advent. Amen.